The Last of Us was released as a show adaptation of the popular Sony PlayStation video game of the same name. The Last of Us airs on HBO Max every Sunday at 9pm Eastern. Stream it now. After a deadly tragedy turns the world into rubble, we're thrown into a post-apocalyptic world where 20 years and mass genocide have hardened humanity. Hope appears in the form of a girl who might just be the key to salvation. Welcome back to Jules Just Vibes Mini. I wanted to do my thoughts on The Last of Us as it's a new show to come out that's based on a popular video game and now has become an even popular show. Before I start in on my review, just a few things to mention. These episodes are going to be different from the regular deep dives on JJV. I'm not going to give a synopsis of the episode, I'm just going to walk through my thoughts and then give my rating on the episode overall. Also, at the time of the release, episode 4 will be live. I am going to be releasing these week to week, but a week behind, so you have plenty of time to watch the episode for us to talk about it. If you haven't listened to my previous podcast episodes on this show, where we've rated the other episodes in the series, I really urge you to do that first before jumping into this review. We're going to do a little tiny update on where we're at um, and the link to all the other episodes will be in the description. Alright, let's get into it, and just like FYI, there's gonna be some spoilers. I just want to put a side note in here as well before we start fully on the episode. I will be going into the story, um, as it's really, really beautiful, and, like, I just wanted to tell you. So, aside from how I normally wouldn't do it, where I talk a lot about what happened in the episode, I will be going into it because this story was really great. All right. We jump into episode three with Joel and Ellie on their own and making their way to Bill and Frank's. This episode was almost an hour and a half long and it actually kind of crumbled my original expectation that these episodes were probably only going to be about an hour unless they were the pilot or the season finale. Also, just to note that at the time of this recording, um, The Last of Us has been greenlit for a second season. I think there are a lot of weary folks out there that just don't feel too great about this because The Last of Us 2's storyline, the sequel to The Last of Us, was apparently awful. I hear from sources that have played the games, and they've all pretty much said the same thing. So a second season kind of sounds like they're going to go into the second story. I'll play devil's advocate, though. I think that this all depends on if we're going to get through the whole first game storyline in season one. I'm keeping that in mind as I move forward in this review and ask where there are inconsistencies between the game and the show. This episode is going to be one big not-in-the-game episode. The writers and the game creator came up with a really beautiful way to repaint this part of the story into an emotional journey. Before I continue, 
I had my predictions based on the coming next preview I saw, and here they are. They were going to go to Bill and Frank's, Joel and Ellie. Then they were going to run into raiders and have to fight them off, almost like a Walking Dead episode. In an even more unfortunate sense, that's not what happens, but like I said, the show created a wonderfully beautiful storyline for Bill and Frank, and it will probably be one of those Emmy-nominated performances from both actors. One more thing to note, though, before we move forward, and now there's a lot to, like, kind of preface. While we're with Joel and Ellie in this sort of continuing to travel, the show highlights something really, really great. Ellie and Joel stop to find supplies that Joel has hidden, and Ellie explores into, like, a service basement. In it, she not only finds an infected crushed by rubble and unable to really do anything, but she also finds tampons. Now, I am a woman, and I don't know about you, but I actually really hadn't thought about that point from an apocalyptic point of view. I think I assumed that we'd kind of be like on the free leading path, and that if anything ever happened, that that would kind of be what it is. But I think highlighting that Ellie thinks about that and how she feels about finding them is a really good point to kind of like point out. She also decides to, like, cut the infected on its head before killing it with her knife. And I was taking notes while I was watching it. And one of the notes that I wrote down was, Ellie wants to fuck around and find out why are all kids like this? (laughs) That moment in general just kind of brought me back to the early seasons of The Walking Dead, where Carl tries to, like, play with the walkers. And just, I just... I never understand, and that's probably because I'm a grown adult, but brah, like, kids, just leave the infected alone. They can kill you no matter if you're immune or not. Just, like, don't fuck with them. Just, like, PSA for any apocalyptic kids out there that are listening to this. Just leave them alone. There's also a fun little moment from Ellie where she's looking at a plane that had crashed and asks Joel if he's ever flown in one. She's so fascinated and envious, and it just brings you back to the fact that it's 20 years in the future. She was born after this catastrophe. So things that are normal for us don't exist in her world. Before getting to Bill and Frank's, they use this time of Joel and Ellie walking to also drop some good exposition. We have a name for the infected, or I guess what the fungus infected everybody was called, uh, cordyceps. And they even made a callback to the opening episode that gives us kind of a good concrete reason why Joel, Sarah, and Tommy didn't get infected. Pancakes. Joel says that the fungus lived in food that was sold all over the world, and while he was listing items, last on his list was pancake mix, and in the pilot episode, Joel doesn't like pancakes, so no pancakes for his birthday. It was actually an interesting part because we were all sort of stating that the reason that they did the fun thing in the beginning of that first episode because that part wasn't in the game was to kind of set up a little bit more character development and kind of for you to feel when Sarah died. 
But in now listening to all of this, we get a callback to the fact that Sarah and Tommy wanted pancakes, but because it was Joel's birthday and Joel doesn't like pancakes, he didn't make pancakes. And so we got that little fun fact. I actually had to stop the show and yell brain blast like Jimmy Neutron to my friends as I was watching because it legitimately blew my mind. Small details like that just really make me appreciate shows more. We also learned that the government worked really fast and took very extreme measures to start the quarantines. There's a line, dead people can't be infected, that Joel says, and it's really the harsh reality that they live in. From here on, the rest of the episode paints a really, really beautiful love story, and I just kind of want to run through the timeline here. Day one, pretty much, of the quarantine and infection and stuff, Frank, who is pretty much a doomsday prepper, hides and starts to set up a life for himself alone in the town. He grows his own produce, he has a generator, he makes his own food, kind of like gourmet food, I might add. And he lives his life of solitude for four years until a man drops in in his pit. Bill. Bill pleads for solace and reluctantly, but also with a flash of relief. I don't know. The way that Frank looked, it just really said so much, which is kind of a testament to Nick Offerman. And if you have the opportunity to watch this scene, do it. But anyway, Frank lets Bill in and lets him shower and then feeds him. Picking up what Frank didn't realize he was putting down, Bill makes a move and Bill and Frank start their life together. Flash forward three years later, Bill and Frank are together and wanting to create something. We get two awesome cameos in this backstory, Young Joel and Young Tess. I just also want to put it out there, Young Tess was a fox. They aged her so well in the show, and they aged her very, very well in that backstory. Like, oh my goodness. This moment, though, at seven years in, after everything, starts the agreement of news and trade between Joel, Tess, Bill, and Frank. And it's why before Tess dies, she urges Joel to take Ellie to Bill and Frank's. Before Tess and Joel leave, Joel warns Frank that it won't be long until people get wind of what they have set up and that they will come and that their fence and traps just won't be enough. Three more years later, in the dead of the night, Bill wakes up to find Frank gone, fighting off raiders, and then Frank gets shot. Here we get knowledge of the backup plan Frank has in case he is to die, and Bill frantically works to keep him alive. Now, we get 10 years in the future. This puts us in the 20 years forward present day. We see Bill barely able to walk and in a wheelchair, Frank tending flowers while Bill paints, and the both of them living quiet and simple. I think Bill has some sort of form of MS because he has trouble with his motor movements. Because of all of that, Bill decides that it's his last day on this earth and sets a plan in motion, but Frank decides he doesn't want to live without Bill, so they have a beautiful day together, even get married, and have one last meal together with wine, and they end the day 
by falling asleep forever next to each other. Joel and Ellie come to the house to see it pretty much in disarray. No real clue to how long they've been dead, but there is a note, a key, a car, a battery, and a plan to go west to take Ellie for cure research. Like I said in the beginning, this love story is not in the game. Depending on who you ask, you will get conflicting sides. Some say in the game Frank was gay. Some say Bill and Frank were just friends. The fact of the matter is, in the game, Frank says Bill was my partner, which has many meanings, and I'm leaning on they were lovers. Also, as you may have noticed, I mentioned Frank talking about Bill in the past tense. That's because in the game, you meet Frank, but not Bill. Bill's suicide is a depressing one and apparently is quite the opposite of what the show created. For the better, that is. And honestly, no matter who you talk to about this episode, the consensus is that it was beautifully done and if you didn't cry, you're dead inside. A couple things that I noted in this part of the episode. 20 years into the future, and they're still eating really well, Bill and Frank. I'm not sure if it's just the source of the wildlife or the grown produce, or if it was a stockpile, but honestly, it was really cool to still see them be able to act like life hadn't really slowed them down at all. All in all, this episode was like a solid 9 out of 10 for me. But if I was basing it solely on the story, I would actually rate it lower like a 6 out of a 10. Although the storyline of Bill and Frank was really beautiful, I think the information it provided was minimal and not really necessary for the rest of the plot in regards to getting Ellie out west. I think the only thing that it really helped was the pacing of the time it took to travel from where Joel and Ellie started to Bill and Frank's. I think in the game it was some like 10 months and then showing this backstory for Bill and Frank was kind of a good way to pass time instead of just having a montage of Joel and Ellie walking for 10 months. That's just my thoughts, though. I'd love to hear yours on either Twitter or in my feedback section on my website. I really hope you guys enjoyed this mini. Remember, if you want more JJV content, follow me on Twitter at JulesJustVibes. And if you have any feedback or any suggestions, if you want to just completely tear me apart for my thoughts on this one, please hit me up in my suggestions section on my website, JulesJustVibes.com. Thanks as always for all the support and for continuing to listen. I will catch you guys on our regular scheduled program Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern. You guys have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you later. Uh, Bye-bye.